Welcome to Bit First Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. So it's pretty light on news this week, so I'll be doing a bit more resources that I was able to find, and hopefully they're of use, but one quick note, uh, as I've hit on a few times in the past uh, couple podcasts, GDPR was officially enacted uh, or went into effect on May 25th, and GDPR, real quick, is that General Data Protection Regulation, and it's generally means you're having privacy policies, cookie policies, opt-in and out uh, for data collection and data exportabilities for your EU visitors. But this does affect any EU visitor that could potentially be visiting your site, even if you're a different country. Everyone's still working really hard to comply with this. I know I'm still getting there and trying to understand it best I can, but it's important, so make sure you take a look at all that. So since we're live news, I want to share a couple more links and resources that I found. Uh, HueSnap, which is another color palette generator, but one that's actually pretty cool is it does give the various alternatives beneath the uh, chosen palette that you can then customize to a degree, and it does make it kind of easy to come up with some new color ideas. Uh, and it adds the various different types of um, hue variations down below it. So check that out. If you're looking for some more stock images, uh, Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, is a great alternative for this. It's one of my favorite sites for the stock images. They're free for use, and you can use it for a variety of purposes, but they've got a great selection of stock images. For doing design systems and really looking into what other types of industries, companies are doing for this, there's a site out there that is designsystemsrepo.com, and it's just an awesome collection of various design systems that are useful for creating your own, and even if you don't need or want to create one, it's a wonderful place to get ideas. There are a lot of example articles, tools and talks on there, and it's well worth exploring. If you're not really sure what a design system is, it's the all-encompassing set of uh, kind of aesthetics and guidelines that you would use to lay out what your application or website is looking like and it, how it functions, that user experience. But it doesn't mean all of that. So you might not have an all-encompassing one. Maybe you have one that is more specific about the types of styles your CSS uses. Or maybe there's a typographic one about the types of fonts and their weights and that kind of stuff they might use. But it's really important to kind of define what you want out of that. It makes a big difference, especially creating a more consistent type of design. So check it out. If you're looking for some... SVG type of icons. Uh, there's this Fontisto, uh, and it's F-O-N-T-I-S-T-O, and it's a large font and CSS toolkit for uh, SVG icons that you can customize. It's a lot like Font Awesome, though it doesn't have quite as many fonts, and it's well worth exploring, uh, especially since it's SVG icons. It does make it easy to customize and extend. It's really cool. I've started to use it a bit more. I really like Font Awesome 5 as well, but this is another alternative, especially if you need slightly different icons and different styles, so check it out. 
And finally, one other colored palette generator. It's one of my favorites. It's called Colors, Coolers, but it's C-O-O-L-O-R-S, and it's that.co, coolers.co, I guess. But it very quickly lets you explore and create palettes. You can just hit the space bar, and it will generate new colors for you, and then you lock one in place or more in place and iterate until you've got a palette you love. I like it because it's quick and I can explore really quickly and kind of come up with an idea. It works really well, I think, and I like the speed at which you can lock down a palette, at least to start exploring with. So those are a bunch of links and resources. Um, check it out. Uh, there might be something in there that you might find of use. Uh, there, There's quite a lot of uh, really stock type of things that I went over, so not as many tools. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what I've been looking at recently is I've had a greater need, so hopefully they might uh, be useful for you. So kind of what I wanted to talk about this week was web design performance or web development performance. However you want, it, it really encompasses both, though. So when I was trying to think of topics to talk about, one that I tend to be somewhat obsessed over or I worry a lot about is performance. You know, I don't always get it right, and it, and it really seems like it's an ever-changing target, but it is one that's very important to the experience someone may have on a site or on an application. And, you know, so in web design development, it can mean a lot of different things. You not only have the performance of the code, such as how fast do the CSS selectors work, you know, how fast can it paint on the screen, for example. But how many images are you pulling down? At what size? Are you using computationally expensive loops, for example, in the back end? And then that's not even counting all the optimizations around the database, the language. You know, if you're using PHP or Node, uh, for example, the web server uh, itself, such as its file system, networking stack optimizations, that kind of thing. And that's not even really touching all of the caching layers that you might be able to, you know, have to go into, you know, and generally recommended for any production site. So as a developer, there's a lot to worry about. And keeping it all in one's head is really a challenge. So one of the other problems is that when you start adding in all the variables, such as user locations, devices, load on the web server itself, it starts to become really difficult to make sure that all aspects are working the best that they can. So what do you do? Well, start simple and work your way up. I'm a big fan of when you create a base system, you start with the defaults and just see what that looks like. So if in the case of using, say, DigitalOcean like I do, create a base Ubuntu system and then add on the components you need with their defaults and see what the performance is. Stress test it. There's a number of tools and uh, sites out there that you can do this. And at that point, you can create your simple site and just see how it performs. And do this on a variety of devices and connections where possible. Such as in uh, the dev tools in Chrome, you can throttle down the speed and see, you know, basically what it would look like for a 4G connection, or 3G, or I think even a 2G. And then you can start to incrementally tweak it. You know, what, what goes slow? Is it your server response time? 
is just scrolling down the page really jerky and slow. You know, our image is loading, you know, not very quickly. And then you can kind of focus on each one of those problems and see where you can improve it. You know, with images, maybe you're doing a CDN, you know, content distribution network. Or maybe you're loading from disk too uh, slowly. So maybe you have to tweak how your response times, uh, what storage you're backing it in. If it's something where the server's responding too slow, then maybe if you're, for example, using Nginx with PHP, maybe you have to tweak exactly how, uh, if you're using the FPM version of PHP, how it's responding. Maybe it needs to be socket-based rather than um, you know, over a TCP connection. Uh, maybe you don't have enough workers or you have to tweak exactly how long a connection stays open, like with Keep Alives. So with all these types of things, there's a lot of data device out there as well. You know, for the best settings and practices, they really aren't always accurate. And what works in one place may very well not work in another. So what I found is that you have to read through just a ton of advice and just test. And oftentimes you'll find that it doesn't always work and there's not one best set of settings, which honestly is the most frustrating part. You know, and an example for this is um, MySQL or MariaDB. And it's because, you know, there's all these, well, if you tweak this or tweak that, then you might get better, you know, uh, performance out of it. But in these situations or those situations, so how do I figure out what works best for me, especially as I'm trying to find a good in-between series for general settings. And it's hard. You really just have to keep testing it over and over and figure out, okay, if I do this, then it'll work well here. If I do that, it'll work well here. So I'm still very much learning how to properly tune and optimize and even to understand what all the metrics mean. If it closes connections constantly, well, that may or may not be bad. It all depends. I mean, if it's a natural closing, then okay. But wait a second, I see spikes when I'm doing this. Well, then I've got a problem. So you really have to kind of dig in to figure out what the actual metrics are saying and change. You know, what will work better if you make these changes? So ultimately, performance is a moving target and one that really does take constant experimentation and work. It can be really difficult, especially as a single developer. And if you're not part of a team, if only because you don't really have anyone to rely on for advice. There's just a tremendous amount to know and understand. And one of my goals is to continue to document and write everything down to try and make better sense of all, which I do to a degree. And it's one of those trying to write down your experiments and what you've learned so that in the future, one, you don't forget it. Uh, two, you can replicate it. And three, you have a sense of what didn't actually work. So I would love to hear what some of your performance tips are. What have you learned that really makes a big difference? And I would love to see what struggles that people have had. You know, what have you learned from your experience trying to find the best possible way that you can use to really squeeze performance out of the system? Or even what's a great general one that will get you most of the way there? Because honestly, the biggest gains are, are often enough. So follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. And thank you for listening. And please join us next week.